I, I often ponder this, and it's kind of the way I'm wired maybe more than others, but I think we all have this, this, this issue where we ask God, when is this going to change? When is this circumstance going to change? When is this thing going to break through? When, when is the healing that I know you've promised me going to manifest, right? When is, when am I going to get married? When am I going to find that special someone, right? When am I going to get a promotion? When, 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 when? See, we're wired from the time we're born to have this progression. We understand time. We understand birth, life, maturity, death, and it happens very fast, doesn't it? Bible says your life is like a vapor, just it's, it's gone. And so God doesn't want us to, to have great anxiety in the when. He, he wants us to trust him with the when. And we have a hard time with that. We're challenged by that. So I want to just comfort you with some words. I want to challenge you with some words. I want to make some observations. I want to share some things that you might realize, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. I need to maybe look at that and, and, and uncover something there. So understand this. God's timing isn't our timing. Boy, that sounds so simple, doesn't it? But why, why we don't just rest in that? And we should find comfort in that, that he's got the clock, right? He's, he has it well in hand. Uh, I want to encourage you, he's always working. He's always working. The Lord is always working. So you can trust that truth. You can trust that truth. He's working right now. He's working on your situation. And the beautiful thing, he's working on your situation and everybody else all at the same time. Wow, how does he do that? It's pretty amazing. There might be a little, a little bit of maybe how to hear from God or obey him, obey him mixed in here, but it's really all tied to this timing thing. So there's a lot of people that are wired to want to know every single step, to want to know the exact path, to want to know what's going to happen next year, 10 years, 20 years. How many of you know God rarely, if ever, shows us any of that? He just doesn't work that way. Just read the Bible. Just look at the heroes of the faith. Just, just, just look at the Apostle Paul. Look at Jesus. I mean, there's a dailiness to the timing of the Lord. There's a dailiness to how we're supposed to, to handle the winds of our life. So it's, it's most often just a leading. But here's the thing. We have to add faith to that leading. So once you find a leading, you find an inkling, uh, okay, Lord, I feel like I should be facing this way. You've heard the old um, saying, God doesn't move parked cars, right? You have to put your car in gear and start driving, and sometimes you don't know where, where is this going, but you say, I trust you, Lord. So it takes a whole lot of faith. But you don't want your worry about the when to rob you of the faith you need for now to go to the wind. We don't know all the details and that's probably the best. Just think with me for a second. Look in your rear view mirror at some of the things God has taken you through. Would you have even wanted to know what was about to happen? Could you have even 
faced some of the things you went through if he told you every detail. No, so we don't need to know. God says it's none ya. None your business is mine. Right? It's helpful, though, if we learn how to hear how he speaks uniquely to us. The word of God speaks to us. The spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we're children of, of God, that the word comes alive to us. But he also gave each and every one of you a, a personality, a shape, um, a family. You have a specific past. That, that's not my past. And so all those things come together, and the Lord will use kind of the way you're wired to speak to you. And, I, and we, it's important that we learn to key into that. Some people are highly picture-driven. The, the Lord shows them pictures of things, and they see a picture. Other people, it's, it's not as creative as that. It's a little more literal. But we can have conversation during the day and someone will say some little phrase and later it'll pop into my head. Well, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit using someone you just talked to. Sometimes we mistake it's only the preacher that's going to tell us something or, my, you know, the Word of God specifically, but there's these little, these little clues. And sometimes it's very strange. We're all adults in the room tonight, right? So... How many of you remember, uh, this, is, this is just a little insight into how God sometimes talks to me. How many of you remember the artist Prince? He was a really big, popular musical genius. Uh, did not know Jesus of that, I'm sure, from the content of his songs. Uh, don't want to stumble anyone here, but there was a song called Little Red Corvette. Let's not think about what that really meant, but do you remember that song? So the other day... <clears throat> Um, and I don't listen to secular radio. I'm not really exposed to it anywhere. Maybe in stores every once in a while you hear, but I think it's cool a lot of places, and I play more inspirational stuff, or, or even some places play like the Christian radio station. So the tune, just the hook, Little Red Corvette, keeps going through my head. And I started, like Pastor Jim, you were saying the other day, man, I wanted to rebuke that because that was just getting all over me. And, and then I thought a second, and I said, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? And the more I pondered it, and indeed, he was. And he was saying, um, you need to be careful. You need to slow down. Because the song's about this car that's too fast. So you get how subtle the Lord can and wants to speak to you through, through things, and you just have to listen to that. And so, um, and I, didn't, I, don't, I haven't fleshed all that out what that meant. You know, and I could just be goofy as the day is long, and that's not God at all. But I'm open to the possibility, and I'm pretty sure because I, I go back and verify it, make sure I have a piece about that. But he'll, the whole point of that is just he will talk to you. So be open. It might be a stop sign, you see. You might look at something and realize, why am I staring at this, you know, strange thing? He'll use TV programs, things that you see. So be open to that. <clears throat> And make sure you filter it with the Word of God and make sure, you know, you, you, you don't get too weird on that. But does that make sense? We need to um, be aware of God's leading and how He speaks to us. And so here's the thing that can happen is 
if we're not really sensitive to his specific way to speak to us, we'll be led just by any old circumstance. We'll think things that are bad happening around us mean, you know, things are going bad. That doesn't mean it, it's necessarily bad. We'll start trying to listen to, well, what's the popular preacher saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? We start going to all these voices that aren't really the voice of the Lord in leading us. Christians are great at getting sucked into subcultures and just following the bandwagon. Well, be careful there. Be discerning there. Just because there's a huge wild movement in some direction, it may or may not be anything you need to pay attention to. Understand? Be very discerning. And so, I'm excited when people talk to me and they have some fresh thing that the Lord's telling them and it isn't, it isn't, uh, and I'm not speaking despairingly of these ministries, but it isn't, well, did you hear what Brian Houston said? Or did you hear what Joel Osteen said? Or did you hear what, they're always quoting the big, the big guys. I'm like, what's God saying to you? Like, do you hear from the Lord about what's going on in your life, in your world? So we need that. And if we're paying attention to that, we're going to be a lot better off at ending up at the when. Otherwise, we'll just be spinning around. So that's a little diagnostic there, a little, a little problem that could happen. <clears throat> Comparison is your enemy when you're waiting for your when. Well, they just had a baby. And we've had a bunch of miscarriages. Don't compare what's going on in someone else's life. God's plan is unique to you and you and you and you. And so is his timeline. His timeline is unique to you, to your path. I pray this is bringing uh, peace. Cynthia had a word about anxiety, and I think it, 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 it really dovetails greatly into what God put on my heart tonight. We have so much, we can, I'm not receiving it, uh, anxiety about when this is going to happen, about the future. Don't chase the when. Live in God's now. The when will come. See, it's okay to be goal-oriented, but some, some folks are so driven by everything. Again, I go back and, and I ask myself in my heart, I wonder if they ask the Lord about all those goals and all those ambitions. Are they just getting a lot of stuff done? Does he want them to do that? I mean, I I can't question someone else's heart, but it's worth examining ourselves. Don't just busy yourself with with goals. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Because then you're going to head towards his win. Now, this is a little counterpoint to what I said earlier. Not everything is a sign. Not everything is a sign. Some stuff just doesn't mean anything. Some stuff just happens and you need to Ignore it. So here's the main thing. If you're facing the Lord, think about this. If you're truly facing the Lord, you're going to be going towards his when. And so many times we don't realize that we've somehow off-angled. Here's, here's God. Here's, he wants us gazing intently in him and his word. Filled with the word of God, saturated in his presence every day for, for no other agenda. You've got to strip this idea that it's to launch your platform, to write your next book. Do you get what I'm saying? We become 
Um, I don't know what it is. We want all this stuff, and we're like, okay, the path to that is to be in presence of God. No, just get with God, get in his word, and let him take care of all the other things. Let him take you where he wants you. Let him promote you in due season. So if we're facing him, we can't go wrong. Keep your eyes on the Lord, not on humans. I've struggled with, with this a lot. I still do. I still do the second guess. Well, what if I didn't do this? Or I should have done that? Or why didn't this happen? Or how come those people are this? Uh, and you really just need to say, peace be still. I'm not showing any scriptures tonight. I did that on purpose. You can have my notes afterwards. I'll put them on the website. But I'll refer to these addresses if you want to look them up later. Philippians 2.13 says this. He's working in us. He's working in you both to will and do. Rest in that. You don't need to work. He does the work. Cooperate with his work. Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. He's working all things. That should set your mind at ease. Like, yeah, he's not really working on my thing, is he? Yeah, he is. All things work together for good. That even means the evil and darkness in the world, it's not stronger than his ability to work things together. Now understand this too, and we can get a little hung up on this. There are appointed times. Uh, these aren't for us to know, but they're for us to be ready for. Be ready when that time comes. Galatians 4.4, 4, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. It was the time for Jesus to come. There was no other time than that time. And those whose hearts were ready for that time received what God had for them at that time. Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. But God, what about my time? What about my purpose? Don't worry about it. This is huge, and it's probably most of our situations some things won't change until we do. Your when's not getting any closer until you change, till I change. You realize that? I thank God all the time that he didn't release me into a season that I wasn't ready for because I would have blown it. My character wasn't ready. And, and we can see people who have had that happen to them, and it's a train wreck and an ugly mess, and thank God for his redemptive, you know, redeeming love that can restore all things. But I don't want to go there. I don't want to end up there. So some things aren't going to change till we do, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And when we get to the end, just so you know what's coming, I felt led to read um, an entire psalm over all of us. Uh, and I want it to go into our spirits, our souls as a seed. Uh, and we're going to have um, some music played from back there so y'all can just receive too. You don't have to be up here ministering. Make sense? <clears throat> Luke 12, 25 says, basically, you can't change a thing by worry. Do you realize how many um, people are, are highly paid professionals because all they do is counsel people about worry? And do you realize how much medication? Uh, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that is, is set solely 
to try to relieve people from worry. What if you just did what God's Word says? What if His Word transformed your physiology to such a degree that you carried the peace of God that was stronger than any, anything? So don't worry about it. <clears throat> Particularly excited about this one because this was like, boom, Lord, you just showed me that? <laughs> Thank you. You know how we always quote Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. There's a lot of heart sick people, but this verse is an observation. It's not a promise, and it's not a recommendation. We don't have to have a sick heart at all in any situation. You know why? Because you have hope. Who is your hope? Jesus is your hope. If you're putting your hope in whether or not you get a promotion in six months, you're going to be sick. And that's self-inflicted. No. Embrace the hope that comes in the Lord. I declare that I, I have the hope of the Lord because the Lord of hope is Lord of my life. And if that's powerful to you, I want to do a tiny plug for my book called Lordship Matters. It's all chock full of stuff like that. It's not what you think that book is about. It's, it's a total different revelation. And um, uh, I did a growth group on it, and the people that were there were blessed. So I would say if, if the Lord leads you, get a hold of that book, and it will change your life. Um, and uh, Andrea's doing, uh, Andrea Palumbo's doing a growth group this, this season with that. So I'm excited about that. But anyway... You don't have to worry. You don't have to have your heart set on things because when the Lord is the desire of your heart, the things will come. Did you know that our self-inflicted issues keep us busy with temporary prayer targets? What if about 75% of all those prayer things were removed because you just had such peace? You didn't have such self-inflicted uh, trouble. You know, it's just practical. Maybe you got a flat tire because you didn't keep your tires in good shape. That just might not be an attack from the devil, right? Is this making too much sense? Is this too common sense for you? Is this too much wisdom? Our lives have all these things that we, we create ourselves, and then it's your prayer list. You're calling, you're crawling, calling the prayer chain when uh, those could be taken off the table, and you could be pressing into what God has for you, his divine purpose, his great plan. So Isaiah 36 is a huge foundation, big rock verse of this entire vision here. It talks about God being the stability of your times. And so we are stable only, this is a conditional promise, when his salvation, his wisdom, and his knowledge are something we will be partakers of. It's there, but not in, unless you partake of it, you're not going to be stable. You can quote that verse all day long and be as nervous as a nervous netty and just worry yourself sick until the revelation of who he is as salvation, as wisdom, as knowledge is a part of your entire being. You'll continue to worry about the wind. 
not looking in anyone's particular direction, but perhaps we need to declutter our lives. Do you think that would help? You'll do more with less, fewer (laughs) commitments. How many enjoyed reading 10,000 emails a day? Did you think you got better things to do? These are, these are all causing a cloggedness in your, in your heart, in your soul. How are you ever going to see God's win come into your life if you're so bogged down? Amen. I am a big advocate of, of just hiding the phone and ignoring it. You probably would be well to delete your social media accounts. That's funny. I just said that and someone's phone rang. It's It's okay. I love you, sister. Make mine with pepperoni and cheese if it's, if it's Domino's. Just so remember this. Everything, everything in your life is going to contend for your affection of the Lord. It's going to hinder your ability to hear from the Lord and walk fully in his purpose for you. So choose wisely. Every little thing. Some of us are wrestling with the why, and we're not getting there, or the when, excuse me. Whew. That would have been a major left turn. We don't want to talk about why tonight. <laughs> the when, because we need our character developed. Character development. We need this. He corrects us because he loves us. It's in the Bible. Look it up. <clears throat> it's a vital part of, grab this phrase, kingdom education. Amen. Got a great Bible school here led by a great man. But your life and God's correcting in your life is kingdom education. School of hard knocks, school of life. Joseph needed major character development. Do you ever wonder, maybe he shouldn't have gone around and just told everyone about his dreams in the first place? Hey, guess what God showed me? You're basically going to worship me. No wonder they wanted to kill him. Y'all keep your big dreams to yourself, okay? Why don't you just let the Lord carry that out? You're going to go through some stuff to get there. And And I think this should motivate you. The bigger the call, the higher level of pressure and preparation that's going to precede that eventuality, right? So if you're going through some stuff, just know, I got a big win coming. I've got a big divine appointment that's on the way, and the Lord is going to bring it to pass. Pastor Ralph did an awesome message on this several Wednesdays back. Moses needed 40 years in the wilderness to get rid of his stuff and to become the man God needed him to be. What are you doing for the next 40 years? It might take that long. This is a little snippet. Jacob, boy, did his father-in-law mess with him. You got Jacob, you got Rachel, you got Leah. And as I was reading through that the other day, I was like, you know, we always, we always put like, here's the hero and here's the bad guy in here. You know, God is always concerned about every single one of the characters. And, and he lovingly redeems all, all of them. He has compassion and mercy. 
Even though we think, oh, this is the focal point, this is the lead person in the story, but you look at how he, he responds. And so it should set your mind at ease that he, he's not going to fulfill Pastor James's when at your expense. Like we have this idea like he's picking people. He's not. He's picking you. He's picking all of us. And all our journey comes together and it weaves together like this beautiful tapestry. I, I don't know what you need in this room. I don't know what you need watching. But God does. You have to keep staying there. Your win might be delayed, and this, this could be the case, because you completely stepped out of God's plan somewhere along the line. Somewhere along the way, uh, you started out good, but got distracted. And the best way to solve that is to say, Lord, uh, talk to me about the last place where, where you spoke to me and I want to be obedient to that. I need to go back to that simple step. I may have skipped it or, or did something. Because in all likelihood, you're living now in deception. And once you're in deception, it's hard to, to kind of parse through what reality is. So strip it back down. I hear a lot of people give God credit for things that I don't think he's involved in. I think it's just what they did. And so there's, there's an overthinking, analysis, paralysis by analysis. Uh, so here's my prescription for that. <clears throat> Get back to basics. Daily worship and the word study. Ask God to show you how to get back on track. Somewhere in my notes I have this. I'm going to tell this story now. Where is this? And if I don't get to all this, I'm fine. I just, I just know I want to share what I can with the time that we have tonight. My first ministry post right out of college, um, I blew it big time. I, I, I needed to stay at that post longer than I did. And I pulled the ripcord in a hurry, boy, because some crazy stuff was happening. I got offended. I got upset. And uh, I, was, I was disobedient. I was kind of running on, on my own uh, track there. And my precious wife was with me all, all the way. She watched me go through misery and uh, all the hard lessons of character development. Well, this is important for you all because it was because of that step and then several years of just kind of wandering in the wilderness. I had literally... I said, I don't want anything to do with music. I'm done. And I'm done with church. I'm done with ministry. I had my keyboard like on, on, on sale. I don't even know if that eBay yet. <laughs> I probably put an ad in the paper. You remember ads in the paper? <clears throat> and uh, Christine's from here. Mother-in-law lived here. We came up here during Christmas one time. And boy, Pastor Walt, he could do, he could do those, those sermons that all of a sudden he was reading your, your entire mail. It's just like, da, 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 da. I was like, oh no, Lord, what have I done? So you know what we, what we did? This was just insane. I remember going home in, in the, in to, to the guest room that night and say, Christine, we're coming here. We're moving here. We're dropping everything we're doing. Because I'm off track with the Lord and we need to get back. 
So I said, I'm going to a place where I know um, the word of God is spoken, the presence God is, is, of God is there, and I'm going to serve another man's vision. That's what I did. We moved everything here. We packed all our earthly belongings, which wasn't m- much, in my mother-in-law's basement. And, uh, and the Lord had to do a work in me. I had a bunch of attitude stuff that needed to be, to, to be refined, that needed to be... Are you hearing this? And if that's the step you need to take, take it. Because you want to you wanna get to where God wants you to go, right? And what I determined in my heart was, this is also in my notes somewhere, which I'm not sure, but is that I was going to, to be so faithful, I was going to overstay my welcome. They were going to have to kick me out for being so faithful. And that exact thing happened. We were serving here. Um, it wasn't a picnic in the Poconos. I feel like the Pastor Walt anointing just jumped on me. <clears throat> That's his phrase. Thank you, sir. Um, but it was, it, was, it was a great time. And just one day, one of the staff members, one of the, the lead pastors here was like, why aren't you looking for a place of ministry? Like, we don't really have anything for you here. Like, it wasn't said in, in, in meanness or anything. It was just like, okay, what are you doing? You got this master's degree. You had all, all this experience. I mean, you're like overqualified. It was almost like he was saying that. And I was like, I, well, I, I was just being faithful. How many of you know it's, it's exciting when God speaks like that? That was God. I'll tell you why. Because that night, I, I went to churchstaffing.com and, and applied for two jobs. Got, a phone, got an email first and a phone call basically the next day. Now listen to this. This is how God works. Are you the James Wheeler that knows this guy and that guy uh, these are people in my past that I worked with that I served with going back to Rhema Bible Training Center and ORU he's like you come highly recommended but nobody knows where you were like they lost track when, when I say we dropped off the face of the map we did we just said we're going to go serve the Lord at the Church of Grace and Peace in Toms River, New Jersey and do, do what he wants with us. And so that was a season of, of, rapid, of rapid promotion, of rapid growth and development. God did some amazing things in a short period of time. Well, that happened because I realized I missed it and I had to humble myself and go back and get back on track. That's for somebody. We're reading, uh, and by reading, I mean listening to the audiobooks, all the Chronicles of Narnia books. And we recently uh, read through The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And um, the character, if you know about the story, C.S. Lewis wrote these stories, and there's so much Christian uh, allegory and uh, parallelism in there. They're inspiring. But the character Aslan is a type of Jesus Christ, and he's a lion. And the young Lucy, who gets caught in these fantasy adventures, she's, 
Aslan says to Lucy, I'll see you soon. And Lucy replies, when is soon? And Aslan says, it's always soon. It's always soon. God's time is always now. It's not your time. Maybe that was too deep for some of you. The Lord isn't bound to time as we know it. He's beyond time. He's everywhere present at once. So he is in every part of time that we perceive past, present, and future. Amen. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, in all, in all your ways acknowledge him. Lean not, not, lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. In order for him to direct our paths or to get us to our when, we have to make sure that our pursuits are his pursuits. I think we might mistake that as, well, whatever path I take, we just like, I'm good, right, Jesus? I'm acknowledging you. Amen to my path, to my decision. It's not like that. When you acknowledge him in your ways, your ways are his ways. And that's the only way. I'm coming close to where I just want to minister this psalm and just have, have the Lord do what he wants, make some decisions tonight. Um, so set your hand to what is before you. Do the simplest things. Be faithful. I want to encourage you, don't pursue opportunity. Don't pursue opportunity. Um, opportunity will come to you. Christine's jobs, every, every time she's needed a job, it came to her. Isn't that amazing? I'm a professional trombone player. I could go out and play professionally now. I keep in shape because I go on these mission trips. I've never bought a trombone. It's an expensive instrument, if you don't know. God's always given it to me. You ever notice how he just provides miraculously when it's his vision? It's his vision, provision. You know, when Jesus needed a... Um, a donkey to, to, for the triumphal entry. You know what he, what he told the just go into town, tell the guy the Lord needs that. I love that. The Lord is talking to people about what he needs for you. Don't stress about getting it, going after it. I think it's a whole different path of just walking from, from now to next into his when and you rest in that you don't need to know all the answers you just trust him and you just walk it out day by day remember the lamb caught in the thicket remember that story that happened because Abraham was willing to sacrifice his dream his big dream his big his big goal, the child of promise that was there. See, God will do that. He'll, he'll get you in a season. And if you fall in love with what he's doing through you too much and you worship that, he's going to say, really, is that mine or yours? You need to be willing to let that go if you want me to take you to the next. So if you would start the, uh, that music...
I don't know that I said everything that I wanted to say, but um, throughout the day as I was praying, I just said, Lord, you speak, you say what needs to be said. I trust you. And I know there's people here that, that he really spoke something to you tonight. And there's people there that he's speaking to you. So I want to minister Psalm 37 in your own study pursuits. It'd be, it'd be great to study the Psalms, each, each segment of, of who wrote them, why they're there. Uh, this is very powerful, um, and you would be enriched by that. I'm not going to go into that tonight. But so much in here talks about what the Lord will do as we trust him, as we wait on him, as we stand in the place he has for us as his, as his righteous, and what will happen to everything else that's coming against us. This talks about the wicked, the enemy, the evildoers, but that's, that's the enemy of God's when, okay? So understand that. Can you hear me good and the music? Because I want it to be a good, good balance of both. Maybe just get yourself in a posture to receive, a posture to surrender. Lord, I just thank you. I give you all my wins. I give you every, every win. And Lord, there's some people here that, that they're so stuck in the past, they can't go to your win. And so someone needs to understand that until you let go of what happened then, what's in your rearview mirror, until you remember not the former things. Listen, that passage is even about the great things God did. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Let's let go of the past. Lord, we give you our past. In fact, we give you our present and we give you our future and we rest, we rest we rest in you. We cast our care on you knowing that you care for us tonight. I speak life, peace to every heart listening. I declare that you are perfecting that which concerns every person. So Lord, minister to us deeply tonight. I pray that this night is a night of remembrance. That it's kind of a peg that we can look back on and say, Lord, I let go of so much that we'll be able to celebrate all those nexts, all those wins. <clears throat> the Lord says to you tonight, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked. For he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. That's you, child. That's you. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In times of famine, they will enjoy plenty, but the wicked will perish Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just, and he will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just. The law of God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous intent on putting them to death, but the Lord will not leave them in the power of the wicked or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like the luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away. And was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him.
just let everything go. Lay every down, every disappointment down, every wound, every heartache, every hurt. Would you just leave them at the foot of Jesus right now? Would you believe that he has a future and hope for you? Would you turn towards him and stare steadfastly into his face and walk towards his next, his when? He'll bring it to pass. He'll bring it to pass. He's faithful to his word. He watches over his word to perform it. And he's watching. So Lord, tonight we, we cooperate with your word. We humble ourselves before you. We trust in you. We surrender our lives completely to you. Lord, for each person in these chairs tonight, for each person watching, watching on the playback, And on behalf of this entire vision, this entire church, we trust you with the when. We know your plans are good. We remember not the former things. We look to you to do a new thing. We extend our faith in the direction of your preferred future for us, Lord. And we just receive it right now. We receive it we receive it. I pray tonight, Lord, that, that we walk out of here with joy, that tonight we wake up in the middle of the night with such joy over what you're going to do in our lives, such peace, such rest. I thank you for giving your beloved sweet sleep tonight. I thank you for a stress-free body of believers at the Church of Grace and Peace. I thank you for overcoming faith I thank you for a church walking in the fullness of miracles, signs, and wonders as our daily existence, as heaven's worship on earth, as heaven's best in our lives. We don't look to what is not. We look to you who is. And we declare that we have a full church. We declare that we have volunteers at every post. We declare that we have a full worship team, musicians and singers teachers serving in children's ministry, ushers, greeters, life group leaders. Thank you for people who don't know Jesus that are flooding into this building to come to know Jesus. I thank you for sending people to have one-on-one -on -one encounters with the people of the Church of Grace and Peace when they're in the grocery store, when they're on their jobs, that there is a cry, what must I do to be saved and how can I follow Jesus with you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord and thank you for liberty and thank you that even when it looks like we're surrounded, we're surrounded by you. There are more that are for us than those that are against us. So we thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.